All right, about to get into the episode. Quick programming note on this one. Adam and I recorded the podcast just a few hours before the Bradley Beal to Phoenix trade was made official. Everything else we talk about in the podcast here today basically holds firm. We were working essentially under the assumption that he was going to get traded to Phoenix, just was not sure about the timing. Ultimately, that trade was pulled off. So you'll hear us talk a ton about this in relation to the Nets and really the rest of the league. Uh, you'll be talking about it as an if, and now it is a sure thing. So that's just the one thing to know about this podcast. Going to turn it over to Adam for the intro, baby. Here we go. Coming up, as the Brooklyn Nets prepare for draft night, we get the rumors that, in fact, the Phoenix Suns could be pursuing Bradley Beal, and we dive in on why that is exciting news for the Nets as they continue to benefit from the exit of their former stars. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Armrit, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free on every great platform. And tell you, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And Doug, honestly, after the Nets traded away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, we closed the chapter of that era of Brooklyn Nets basketball. And then it comes right back in, and it turns out there's still more juice coming out of that orange. Oh, look, I mean, at this point, the Nets futures are tied. The Nets future is tied to a couple different teams now. I mean, I know KD is not on the team anymore, but the Nets partly part of the Nets, like sort of just like future draft capital is tied directly now to the Suns. And I hate to be in the, in the let's root against specific teams category here. And we're not rooting against specific players, but it is worth it to follow the machinations of the Suns going forward here because what they owe Brooklyn in future drafts, which is, you know, a number of picks in 20, well, this year they're going to get one and then 25, 27, 29, and a 28 pick swap. Like it's going to help the Nets if there's pathways <laughs> for the Suns to be bad. <laughs> and the Bradley, you know, them, when them, if, if, if the rumors are true, they're not even rumors. If the, if, if it were to come to pass that they were to trade for Bradley Beal here, you can start painting a picture where 27 and 29 for the Nets starts could start looking pretty juicy in terms of draft picks. Um, yeah. And I'll go through what, like some of the reasons why, but don't think that like this Bradley Beal thing is not relevant to Brooklyn. It's it, it's going to send shock, you know, minor shockwaves through the rest of the NBA for a number of different reasons if he's if he's traded there, and Nets would be one of those teams. Yeah, and throughout the, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about how this impacts the Damian Lillard situation and how all of those situations tie back to Brooklyn and what happens here. But you're right. When when the Nets made the trade with Phoenix, that was a new owner coming in, wanting to do the thing that the previous owner was unable to accomplish and being willing to give up a player like Mikael Bridges, be willing to give up four first-round draft picks to get that done, and Cameron Johnson. Now you turn around after, and I don't even put, I don't put a ton of judgment on it, eight regular season games for Kevin Durant, a playoff run that is unsuccessful, a Chris Paul now potentially coming back, maybe not coming back. Like 
you are all in in Phoenix to have this be successful with Kevin Durant. And frankly, we know Booker much younger, but prime is coming up here for him. You want to maximize it. You're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. And they already are heavily leveraged on this being successful. And a move like this for Beal would put it so far over the tipping point that you'll look back in a couple of seasons and say, Phoenix has no draft capital, so they can't just replace players, and they'll still be financially committed to some guys where the Nets are going to stand to benefit in a big way. Yeah, look, we're entering an age in the NBA, and I don't think everyone even knows exactly how it's going to play out here. I think you can make some good judgments about how it's going to play out with the new uh, CBA, which is just honestly vastly different than what the way we've seen the NBA operate in the past in terms of money and salary cap and luxury tax. When Matt Ishpia bought the Suns, you know, as like one of the richest dudes around, he was entering the NBA at a time where it was like, hey, we can just kind of outspend this thing to a certain degree. Golden State's been right. doing it for a long time. Steve Ballmer in uh, L.A. has been doing it for a long time. That was the 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 sort of like that landscape that he entered. That is gone to a, a certain degree or maybe to a whole degree. I mean, these second apron rules are going to be and repeater tax stuff are, are going to be so draconian and inhibitive to teams that press up and go over it that you're just not going to be able to. So my, my point here is that while Bradley Beal, I think is like an excellent player. And mm-hmm. if Bradley Beal is your third best player, you are in like really, you're just a good team. I, like that's just, there's no way around it. The problem for the Suns, where the nets are concerned around this would be, we it really looks like the NBA is entering a timeline where having your team be incredibly top heavy around three players, you it making it up along the player margins later mm-hmm. will be so difficult. In three in two years, they would have 150 million dollars wrapped into just these two guys. If the salary cap that could be like the near the salary cap, <laughs> like yeah. on, on just yep. those three guys, like even if the salary cap got to like 170. You know, with the luxury tax going higher, you're still re- I mean, that's really pressing it. But like the you're still putting yourself in such a catch fall, catch a falling knife territory when it comes to just being like one injury. Forget it. Like you're in big mm-hmm. trouble. You will not have the talent on the rest of the roster. And, and by the way, good. Yeah, good. No, no. no. And by the way, when, when we think about because to me, I, I looked at it also from a Phoenix standpoint um, where. You do this. You make this move. It's big money. You're up against the aprons, and you win the championship in the short term. Hey, you check that box. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with, with Kevin Durant at the end of this contract. You could say that getting getting the championship that affords you to let Bradley Beal walk away and, and know that you're going to lose him for pennies on the dollar because I think you'll have a harder time trying to move him with a year left on his contract at, what, age? I don't know. How old will he be when this contract ends in 26, 27? Oh, Bradley I mean, Beal, you mean? Yeah, because he's. I'll look it up. Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, he's not born in ninety three. Um, right. Oh so, no, so he's twenty nine. Uh, Booker Booker's twenty six. He's twenty nine. So, so yeah, you know, six more years. He'll be in his mid. He'll be in his mid thirties. He'll be a shooting guard in his mid thirties. You know, right? Like, so it's you know. So my and my point being is like at thirty three years old, thirty. You know, going to be thirty four, whatever. Could you bring him back? Yes, you could. Would you want to spend the money? Maybe not. If you try to trade him, it's not going to be the seismic thing that we're talking about happening right now. So whatever choice the the Suns make here. It is the, this works, and then we let it crumble down around it, to your point, because you can't afford to keep overspending that money. They can keep Kevin Durant around until he wants to walk off the court, because, hey, congratulations, you got us that chip. They're going to keep around Booker, because he's the youngest talent, and you can still have him be the face of your organization and put people in the seats. But 
moves like this, unlike years past, are damning in a far yeah. longer timeline than it used to be. You used to be able to go all in on, on superstars, big threes, have it fall apart for a season, and reboot yourself right back into the market. I, it doesn't look like that's going to be viable anymore. Yeah, look, and uh, again, I'm not saying even for this year or even for next year, like this coming right. year or the year after, like the Suns can do whatever, go and be a good team. It's fine. Like it's, you know, go have these three guys, if they were able to, able to do it, go have these three guys be amazing. It's really neither part nor parcel for where the Nets are concerned. It's the future. It's it, I'm specifically looking at this like three years from now, four years from now, which is the Nets have to be in this long game territory too. Like this, we'll get into this with the Damian Lillard piece here too. Yep. The Nets have to be thinking long game. They sh- and this is why they should be rooting for this kind of trade. By the way, the Bradley Beal no trade clause that comes right along with them. Like you don't get traded and your no trade clause goes away. That no right. trade clause sticks with you um, <laughs> along the length of that contract. Like you're trading for a guy with a no trade clause. Like it's just so fraught with peril. And and yeah. and it can. You got an aging KD. You'll have a mid thirties Bradley Beal. These guys will make 150 million between the three of them. Like it's just that's so hey, good the for the Nets. Like, but yeah, and by the way, the, the good for the Nets when he goes to Phoenix. Bad and when when fans talk about pursuing Bradley Beal, pursuing these names. Remember the no trade clause. It doesn't mean anything right now because Bradley Beal wants to get to Phoenix and play with, or wants to get. You know, Miami's been rumored as well. Wants to get there to play for a championship. Sure. But guess what? If the Brooklyn Nets end up with a Bradley Beal with a no trade clause. Three years from now, he's not saying, oh, I'm happy to go out. He's going to say, I'm happy to be making the money I'm making. You can't get rid of me no matter how desperate you might be, right? So these are all reasons why, from two, two points, avoiding a, guy, a player like Bradley Beal potentially with a no-trade clause and rooting heavily that the Phoenix Suns somehow find a way, looking underneath every single couch cushion, to cobble together an offer that, that the Washington Wizards like and think has real value to them over other teams that could come to the table because the Brooklyn Nets will benefit substantially. What look like very good draft capital will become insanely high draft capital, and then you can think about using that not only in the draft, but also for players, because that value will never be higher on those assets. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Damian Lillard side of this and whether or not the Nets will suffer the fallout of a Bradley Beal trade. All right, before we get to that, we're going to tell you about our friends over at Ibotta. Grocery, uh, grocery school shopping, getting a little something of yourself. You know you're already going to be out there doing it. Why not get a little cash back at the same time with Ibotta? You can get earned cash back in shopping trips. Ibotta is going to give you cash back at hundreds of grocery options, from produce to personal care to pantry goods. All you got to do is link your loyalty account or upload your receipts after you shop. You're going to get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. Just think about where that can go on all your next shopping trips. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED. It's like our podcast network, LOCKED. When you register, just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, use the code LOCKED, that, that's I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use the code LOCKED. Go download Ibotta today. All right. So the other aspect of the Bradley Beal situation is directly tied to the Nets when we think about Damian Lillard. Right now, the rumor is that Phoenix is is pushing. They want to try to get themselves a Bradley Beal. And Miami is also interested. And it makes sense. Miami coming up just short. It's funny because these are two teams in Miami and Phoenix that you could say, oh, they're both desperate for different reasons. But ironically, when I look at Miami, just on a side note with them, I don't look at them as being desperate when they try to do something like this because Miami – 
always seems so calculated when they go in on a player, right? When they ended up getting Jimmy Butler, when they ended up getting Kyle Lowry, like their quote risks always seem to work out in the relative of like being competitive, having some surprising playoff runs, right? Like everybody be like, Oh my God. And then they go to the finals. Of course they did. They go to the finals in the bubble. It's like naturally these. So for them, them pushing in assets or pushing in capital, it seems to add up always. Cause then they, they, they find players, they draft well, they develop their talent. Whereas Phoenix is in a little bit more of a panic mode. However, if Phoenix gets Bradley Beal, then you better believe that Miami is going to turn its attention to Portland and to Damian Lillard. And I mentioned this over on, on Twitter about how this is the risk that the Nets should be staying away from where another team comes to the table around a Damian Lillard and says, yeah, we're interested too. We'll give an extra pick. We'll give an extra player. We'll give a player that's a little bit better than we would like to, but we want to make sure we get this guy. And all of a sudden, the theory that the Brooklyn Nets could could end up getting a Damian Lillard for, you know, 65, 70 cents on the dollar because Portland wants to move on. Oh, they end up in a little bit of a bidding war to whatever level it rises to. You could still look at it and say, didn't have to spend nearly as much as you should have on Damian Lillard, but you spent more than you wanted to. That to me is, is the fear that I would have if the Nets continue to signal we want to be in the Damian Lillard conversations. Yeah, like I don't even know how much they've signaled it. I mean, we've like sort of just sort of presupposed it. I, I don't know if there's been tons of signaling throughout the Marks era. Yeah, it's stuff speculative. Is, it's comments. speculative, and it's all these guys are really close to the best. I, it's, yeah. This is a, a pretty locked up uh, front office, but it's been reported that the Miami would be in on Damian Lillard here. He already said that that would be a team that he would think about going to. He just said the Nets in the same sentence, mm -hmm. but clearly Miami should be much more motivated. They have a championship window now. That would have been like the exact guy they needed against Denver, yep. right? Like an on-ball score, like literally the exact guy. I, I can't think of many better players that would have fit into the system that they were trying to run there and like just what they desperately needed offensively down the stretch and in the finals. Um, so clearly, like you, they could tell themselves the story. Uh, for me, great. Have these teams get in the betting war. Have them bid it up. I hope they want them because that makes sense for that team to go get Damian Lillard. As we've said many times, and when Damian Lillard comes to that, I'm sure that's going to be, this is all going to get thrown back right at us. But <laughs> we've said many times that we just don't think the Nets should be in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. It's not an anti-Lillard thing. It really right. isn't. He's great. It's really, it's, it's a pro timeline thing. It's just not the right timeline for the Nets. Like they're not a championship team right now. He would not make them a championship team. He's very expensive aging out. I don't think you would reap the benefits of what he's uh, on any like real high level of what he can still provide now. Like my, like say Miami could or Phoenix could, or some of these other teams really, you know, that are, are built to win now. Great. Have those two, those teams go bid for him. And how yep. the Nets get out of it? I hope they do. I hope they do. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because they would just it would just make the situation easier. I, I think it would make it yeah. less messy. It would just make it less messy where the Nets are concerned, and everyone can walk away feeling good about the story that we told ourselves about why it didn't happen. And let's even go the layer deeper, right? Because we talked about in segment number one how Bradley Beal going to Phoenix would be great for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's go layer deeper. Bradley Beal goes to Miami, and Phoenix goes hard to try to get Damian Lillard. That's even better because Damian Lillard is already 33 years old and that window is already going to be even tighter, right? Like in my mind, that actually be better because they'll be even more heavily financially hamstrung and tied to these guys. Yes, the contract is a little bit shorter, has I think two player options for Damian Lillard, but 
that to me would be great too, specifically from again, outside looking in that I, I would, I would think it would be a mistake, as you said, for the nets to get into the Damian Lillard business right now. And if it's the Suns that are going after him, they are the team that's probably going to do whatever it takes. And the nets could just kind of quietly stand by the way, or quietly sit on the sidelines and just poke a little bit, dip your toe in the water enough. So the team that you got all the capital from for Kevin Durant says, we'll go more. We'll do more to get Damian Lillard and continue to make those later 27, 28, 29 kind of picks look that much brighter for Brooklyn. And and just think with yourself about this too. Guys like Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal coming available, right? Two years ago, if these guys had came publicly available, which they basically are at this point, yeah. Think about what the packages would have looked like, right? They like we were a year removed from uh Conley just losing his mind and trading like 500 draft picks for Rudy Gobert. Like these other guys, if they had gone been available, worse and worse, by the way. <laughs> that, that deal, like, of course, of course, that looks, I mean, that's horror. It's one of the, it's an all time bad. But what I'm saying yeah. is just think about like, a year ago, two years ago, what the, what the, the picks, the, the packages would have looked like for these guys. Think about why it's not happening now, right? Mm. It's not happening now because all these other teams have looked at the situation with this cap and it's basically, I think, are saying no thanks, <laughs> right? Like they're what? looking. Now, there's a there's a couple few te- a couple few. That's not a saying, but there are a few teams here that clearly have windows to win and have real sort of on court and off court reasons to kind of go all in here right you just traded for kevin durant you were you know three games away from a championship right there's a lot there's some a few teams they can tell this whole story why are the why are there not tons of teams in on this because i think they all have look at these situations like have fun (laughs) no thanks like no thanks and because we 56 million dollars and 26 27 for a guy with a no trade clause like or 50 yeah sorry 57 million 26 27 for a guy with no trade clause shooting guard no <laughs> right like an aging point guard who's really good now i get it 61 million dollars five seasons from now for a guy who'll be in his late 30s no thanks like I, they just don't need it and and i think the rest of the league the the the, the lack the fact that there just doesn't seem to be anyone else involved here should really tell you the whole story as you should tell everyone the whole story and as that's fans specifically and by the way, it's like, you know, this is starting to push in, in the direction of the way the NFL operates, right? The NFL rewards teams for building through the draft. You want to replenish younger players, team-friendly contracts. We can debate whether or not that's good for the individual player, right? You look at the NFL. It's not good because there's no guaranteed money. And, and Oh, this is you know, oh, this is bad. This is bad for the middle class. There will be no more NBA middle class. It's going to be – it's, right. it, it, it's going to be – it's going to be bad. No doubt about it. Right. So there's that side of it, which is a completely separate thing. And we'll probably talk about it in the coming season, the next couple of seasons, about how this has changed the landscape for NBA players at every single tier, let alone at the superstar level. But coming up here in a second, I'll give you one couple few reasons why the Brooklyn Nets should also not want to get into these waters as they continue to prepare for the draft. There is fallout. There is a second step that you have to take if you get a Beal or a Damian Lillard. I'll explain next. All right, before we get into that, I'll tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you've been playing daily fantasy, you know that you it can be difficult wrangling with salary caps, looking at different, trying to pick and match players together so you don't go over a certain number. Just going against sharks in the water. Prize Picks eliminates all that stuff. All you're doing in Prize Picks is you're making entries, you're going more or less on their player projections. And it's that simple. Look, basketball is over with that one. We're just going points, steals, blocks, assists, uh, rebounds. There we go. I got the other five stats, but they got all the other sports as well. NFL right around the corner. Golf right now. We're in the middle of a major. They got... 
MLB rolling right now with the strikeouts, home runs, really everything you can kind of mix and match on when it comes to MLB. You can pick two to six players. You figure out if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projections. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive an instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you 100. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Okay, so closing things out here as we highlight Bradley Beal and teams like the Phoenix Suns pursuing him, incredibly beneficial for the Brooklyn Nets, Damian Lillard, and why other desperate teams can help Sean Marks and the Nets just steer clear of the operation altogether. The big reason for me, I said, why there's also another step that comes here and a damning step we've talked about before. And maybe people disagree, but that getting Damian Lillard and adding him to this current roster does not make the Brooklyn Nets unto itself, a championship team. It elevates them. It makes them a far better team, but you would not go into next season saying the Nets are the odds on favor to come out of the East to go to the NBA finals. So what does that mean? It means that the second that you make a trade for him or for Bradley Beal, and we could, you know, discuss which one makes you a better team you know overall you have to go make another move you have to continue to add to this roster to restructure it and that's probably going to look like going and getting another guy with a big contract so it's like you know it's not just going and getting the 63 million of, of damian lillard and saying hey this is what we're going to ride with and if you're a, if you're a fan that thinks that that's enough i can appreciate the short-term value you'll be more competitive you'll be a more dangerous team in the early playoff rounds but it's not going to be championship level. And then you're going to have to continue to commit to big contracts that you're going to be held to two, three years down the road while also still waiting on Ben Simmons money to clear while also wanting to pay a Nicholas Claxton. Guess what? He's gone in a deal like this, right? Any young talent you have is gone. The big money is up on the books. You're trying to re-sign Cameron Johnson. It's just, there, there's so many moving parts and so many big checks that would have to get cut here. That's as much a reason to steer clear of these two players as anything, because it wouldn't be enough to win the chip. So it means your work wouldn't be done. Yeah, look, we're unbelievably not maybe not too far away from Ben Simmons not being the worst contract in the NBA. Uh, it is probably still right now, but but with this new CBA, the length of some of these guys is going to start eclipse. I mean, he's the, just the fact that he comes off the books in two years is going to start yep. making him not near the bottom of this list anymore, which is unbelievable, which you never would have said. I, like, there's just no way the guy's barely, the guy's barely played. It's been a mess. We all want him to come back. I, I, I hope he comes back. Yep. I hope the IG stories that we're seeing tell the whole truth and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But with Simmons, like it represents his funny, sort of like window into where the Nets should be thinking also too, not to make this about Simmons, but to say there are going to be other teams out here in that are in windows where they think they can win that are going to make mistakes. How do you know this? Yep. Because only one team wins a championship every year, right? But there's going to be a few that think they can. Some of those teams will make mistakes right now in sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to bringing guys in too soon and they're going to pay for it later. You know, they'll, they'll go for it now to pay for it later. By the way, the Nets are doing this right now with themselves. They're paying for the, they're paying the price for this trying to win and not, and not winning. They're <laughs> right. in this situation. A, they cannot get themselves into the situation again. That would be really terrible. They're already sort of still half in it <laughs> Two, They have to be poised and have a clean cap sheet here to be ready to pounce on teams that are desperately trying to get out of their mistakes, 
right? Yep. Marks was great with this before. We, I'm gonna, we're going to beat this drum so many times. We've said this on other episodes, and we'll just it's worth saying again. They have to be open and ready for another team to be like, hey, we screwed up. <laughs> like, we screwed yep. up, and we need to get these guys off the books. Here comes a pick. Here comes the salary. You send us something else. The Nets are po- positioned to start getting into that territory, and they need to just not make a mistake now. And these guys represent it. And let's let's actually we'll close out on that thought around being being ready to take on other teams' mistakes, being ready to take more draft capital. We've talked about it in passing before, where and you correctly corrected me, and when I was like, ah, you know, you don't want to end up like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, total disaster. It was like that only for like two years, and then they were right back in it. And I actually think the other way to look at this too about not sending out draft capital for for marquee name players that are easy to fall in love with and get you excited about the short term. Remember, having that draft capital, like there is the now again, 26, 27, 28, 29, those are years away. But having the ability over 24, 25, 26 to bring an asset, move up the board, bring an asset, move up the board, and continue to get lottery and above level talent in the NBA draft. That's how you turn around two, two, three seasons from now, and you have an incredible young core. That's ready to build and go forward, be exciting, be a playoff team, be dangerous. And by the way, this is going beyond the Mikhail Bridges era of Brooklyn Nets basketball, potentially, right? Like you keep saying it, patience, like Sean Marks. And by the way, whatever you think about him or any GM in the league, this is how they operate. They're not thinking about this moment right now. When you go all in for superstars, you're, you're hoping you get that championship window. But the Brooklyn Nets should be thinking, we can just continue to, we, we do the thing we haven't done yet. We said this last episode, sorry to be long-winded. This is like a new version of offseason for Sean Marks where his agenda looks a little bit different. It can lead to a new era with him as the GM or whoever where the Nets have high-level young talent. They've never had that in the Sean Marks era. They have never had three or four players under the age of 24 who were all looked at as being top-level prospects that could help this team go into the playoffs. That's what they want to accomplish. What every team wants to accomplish is to have a young core that you'll pay and build with over a decade, not having to swing big, maybe miss, and then try to re- recalibrate on the fly. And look, the one, the one, the one wrinkle, of course, with this is they don't have their own draft picks. And it makes it's the one, it's it's all the pro Lillard and pro be good now, guys and gals, have the little ba- back of their hip pocket. Like the one thing that pokes a hole in what you just said, and I agree with basically everything you said, is that the one hole here is that they don't have their own picks, so they can't really do it. So this is like the why? Why not just be? Why I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna poke a hole in that other argument too here. Why not just be good? I get it. I get I get the part where they don't have their own picks, so they might as well keep doing. What I'm saying is, eventually they will get them back, and Mm -hmm. two, there is more to there's there's still more to benefit by having this team be clean now than it is to just try to win because because Houston has your picks. That is not the right philosophy. Like the, the philosophy should still be make the right moves and allow other teams to come to you with their problems rather than just have some of these older aging guards that are making tons of money later when it you could get back into the realm of just getting these things back. Or just leave your, leave yourself open to like maybe getting the Houston stuff back. I don't know. You just don't leave yourself those outs when you mess up your cap sheet now right yeah. like you don't have you'll have no outs you'll have, be in these teams that are desperately trying by the way why are these teams trying to get away rid of these guys Lillard 
It's not like, talented. Like it's not like this, he's been on the Lillard's been on the the has been on the Blazers every year. He's great. Like he's been he's been on the Blazers every year. They've gone like twice. They've gone far in the playoffs. Beal's been on the Wizards every year. They never make the playoffs. They stink. Right. <laughs> like what? So, I don't know. And, and the taking of bad contracts, by the way, and negotiating your way through and getting draft capital. The one way that you mitigate not having your own picks is having so many effing picks that you can just package yeah. them together to get where you want to be. Right. And that would be, I think, the hole poking back in the hole poking. And by the way, there are, there's a thousand different ways to look at these scenarios. So it's not, you know, I don't think Doug and I aren't sitting here telling you, you know, it, it'd be lunacy to do this thing. We would disagree with it strongly. We would think that it would not get you where you want to be being a championship level team. The fact that our path takes longer to get to the destination. I get it. I get why there's frustration there. We're talking about driving cross country instead of taking the flight. And that's not easy to do when you come out of an era of basketball where you were supposed to be flying to the championship. And instead you broke down right on the side of the highway in New Jersey. Like it didn't work out. So you end up wanting to then say, I was on the commercial flight. Get me the private jet. No, you actually have to say, we're going to go ahead and take the steady approach, get where we want to be in the end and do it the right way. Do it the smart way. Um, That's how I feel about it. And we'll continue to break this down as we, ironically kick off draft week with everything but draft week we know we're going to get into that too man there were so many trip metaphors in there that i kind of lost me i kind of lost we were going cross country but then we were taking the flight i think we hopped the train at some point there's there's okay listen we got a ton of draft stuff exciting news you can tell them right now like we got some cool news coming here for locked on nets uh go ahead and tell them and then we'll kind of close this thing out oh yeah almost completely forgot about the fact that guess what friends Yours truly is going to be at the Barclays Center on Wednesday and Thursday night for the NBA draft as a credentialed media member. I'm going to get to be in the rooms, hopefully interviewing a handful of the prospects, maybe getting in touch with some of the people around the Nets organization. Whatever we're able to do, whatever inside extra information and just that next level of access that we can provide, I could not be more excited to be doing it. Doug's going to be helming the wheel from afar and making sure that all the network boxes get checked for us. I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. Yeah, so we'll do a bunch of special stuff on here. We'll do some live YouTube stuff during this time. Um, we're going to be running a lot, really long Thursday night just uh, as we cover the draft, like you said. And that, like Adam just said, Adam will be in the building backstage the entire time uh, and just, you know, getting us everything we need to know uh, when it comes to Nets land. So we're really, really excited about that. Make sure you are subscribed to YouTube. There's just going to be – here's the thing. There's just going to be stuff on YouTube that's not in the pod feed. That's that yeah. simple. There's The podcast is going to open the pod feed, and all the other draft stuff is going to go up on the YouTube uh, feed. You have to be subscribed to Locked On Nets YouTube to make it happen. So make sure you go subscribe over there on YouTube. I'm okay with the idea that slow and steady wins the race. It's Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> One of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.